Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You know, Joe Hader already starting up, right? <laughs> oh, he is? What did he do this time? Oh, he's talking about, you know, about his team and their draft picks. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Got Amari Cooper over there now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe Hayden, you have a podcast and have us on as a special guest. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll call this hotline every hour on the hour. <laughs> he said, we're not going to be last this year. Yeah, right. <laughs> call them all. It's 10 o'clock on a Friday night, and the Raiders still suck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up, and welcome to the What's Up Falcons podcast. My name is Rock, and I'm joined, as always, with my boy Q in the house. What's happening, Q? What's up, Rock? Oh, man, not too much. And we got the sexy back, keeping it sexy, Al G in the house. What's happening, Al? Oh, man, we bringing sexy back in 2015, man. Sexy in the draft. I hear you, man. And guys, man, we are honored to have a special guest with us in the house. We have a former Falcons defensive player, Chris Draft in the house. Hey, Chris, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. How are you guys? Oh, good, man. good. We're doing good. We're getting excited after, uh, you know, this exciting weekend we had. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You know, that draft always uh, brings some good energy. Oh, it yeah. Gets, uh, you get people excited, and, and it really signals that, uh, you know, that you're getting closer. And you, you, you add some pieces, and it's like, you know, it really makes you want to, it makes you get ready. You think this, you know, the season is coming. Exactly. It definitely got me pumped up, I tell you. <laughs> I, think it, I think it got the whole city pumped up, man. You know, we needed that, you know. Especially after, you know, last year. Well, it does, man. You know, you, you, you get a chance to see, you know, what kind of direction that the, you know, the coach is going, what kind of direction the team is going. So you got a new coach, you got Quinny in, in the house, man. Everybody is Quinny running around. <laughs> getting excited about him and so uh you know definitely by having a guy from seattle he definitely knows what it takes to win and you know knowing what it takes to win is not just about offense and defense but really just about you know dealing with players and so he's been able to uh really have a a front row seat to the way that Pete carroll deals with his players and and really has done a great job of getting the most out of them the last couple of years oh yeah oh yeah it's kind of like Atlanta's becoming, uh, what, what are we, uh, Seattle East now? <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that, would, that would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'd rather just be the Falcons, man. I'd probably just be the Atlanta Falcons, and then maybe they can be the uh, Atlanta Falcons of the West. <laughs> well, Chris, before we get started, man, and just, you know, just real quick, if you don't mind, give us a little rundown for people who may not know who you are. Just, you know, a little bit about your past and your past with the Falcons and uh, just a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I mean, where, where do you start on that? You know, I, I graduated from Stanford University so I played four years at Stanford and 
<laughs> was drafted by the Chicago Bears in 1998 and went to camp with them uh, where uh, Dave Wonstead was our coach and he was on the hot seat. And coaches on the hot seat uh, aren't so much about development right. because if you're on the hot seat, that means you need to win right now or uh, or it's going to be a long day. Well, it ended up being a long day, and, <laughs> and uh, he left, and, and Dick Duran came in. And right. Next thing I know, I ended up on the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Played a lot, of, played a bunch of, bunch of you know, special teams with them, mm-hmm. and uh, you know had a little, uh, you know. Little, little little changes at the end of the season. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm in a position to go to the Atlanta Falcons. And, and it was just, that was really the, the, the beginning of really establishing myself in the NFL. And was just blessed to be able to play with the Falcons for five years, from 2000 to 2004. And really had a, had a chance to really uh, make a name for myself with, that, you know, with the Falcons there. And, and really with most people, when they think of me, Right. Uh, you know, really only they think of me, you know, really starting my career with the Falcons. I have to remind them that I was drafted by the Chicago Bears. But right. that, you know, that is where, where I started. And again, right. when, when people look at me, you know, five years was my longest, uh, that was my longest stay. So, uh, you know, most people, most people think of me as a Falcon. That's true, man, because I was, you know, I was doing my little research, man, and it seems like you put in the most work with the Dirty Birds, man, so, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, I was heartbroken when uh, when you left Atlanta and went to Carolina, man. I couldn't believe they let you go to Carolina. <laughs> you know, that's business, man. That's, that's how it goes. You know, you, you have to, uh, you know, just like they're doing right now, I mean, they're making some hard decisions on how the team's going to be put together, and, uh, right. you know, unfortunately, doing that, certain guys that, that – uh, there are a little bit of fan favorites are going to be gone, but again, as long as they believe and it's in the best interest of the team, I mean, you, you got to go with it because you know at the end of the day, be that you really like somebody that you think that they real cool, right. uh, which have to ask yourself is do I really feel uh, this is the best team? Okay. No, that's cool, man. I mean, what? what well, um, just to elaborate a little bit on your time with the Falcons, man. I mean, you played with some great players, you know. And uh, you know, how was that experience, man? Work, you know, playing along like um, you played along with LG Crumpler, and I'm sure Vic, right? Oh yeah, man. You, you guys went to, went to Al and went to, went to Mike. I mean, but you know, with, you know, first I played with with, with Jamal, man, with Jam. With <laughs> 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 I had the pleasure of playing him. With, and with the hammer, man, Jesse Tuck will be Oh, him. man, that's the man. Yeah, right they just come and put heat on people all over the place, sliding around. Man, I was yeah. blessed to be able to play, you know, you know, and be in the same room as Jesse Tuck. I mean, it's amazing to play with Jam. I mean, again, this guy, you know, made it cool to, to do the, you know, to do the bird after, you know, <laughs> after they got Coach Reeves. You know Coach Reeves, you know. Yeah. You know, he got Coach Reeves doing doing the bird. So, you know, that's a cool dude. All right? So, man, just tremendous guys, man. You know, from, uh, you know, Chance Mathis, from, uh, you know. Keith Brooking. Uh, Keith Brooking, man, KB. I mean, KB, we, we were together for, for a while. I'm talking about some of the older guys who were just a little bit more transition. But, yeah, KB and I the same year. So, we were there yeah. together the whole time, man. So, just a tremendous group of guys. I mean, then, you know, Mike came in. Uh, you know, Chris Chandler, he, he was before him, had a chance to mentor him. Right. Uh, Algie Crumpler, I mean, he's class. He's absolute class. Came in and, and really provided just a, a great target for Mike 
became his security blanket real quick. I mean, Brian Finneran, you know, you guys hear him on the radio, 92.9. You know, Brian and I knew each other from high school, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Hate to have a chance to... Uh, to play with each other with the Falcons, and then you can just just so just so many guys. Um, I know. You know I what was your uh, What was your biggest biggest game as a Falcon? Was it uh, Were you on that team that went to Green Bay? Man, I think as a team that that's probably got to be the uh, you know the, the best memory as a, as a Falcon is uh, uh, yeah going up to Green Bay. Uh, I remember uh, the, the day before we were in Atlanta, we had just a, just a tremendous send off, and the fans, you guys. You guys were probably out there up at Flowery Branch. Oh, yeah. Uh, so many people, man. It was cold. It was just, oh, get out. <laughs> and that whipping out of the Appalachians or the, you know, the, the, you know, just absolutely whipping out of it. It was freezing. It was about 29 degrees with a wind chill of about 18. I remember wow. I was out there after our walkthrough. We did it outside. You know, all the fans were there. And usually I'm one. I'm going to sign everybody's autograph. I remember thinking that day, oh, my goodness, I'm free. So I got mine in. <laughs> but uh, we got off the plane in Green Bay on, on, on Saturday. So we, we finished up with uh, the walkthrough, got in, and we were chained, throw some suits on, and, and uh, took the big, you know, took the buses down to, uh, to a Hartsfield, jumped on the plane, and and we landed in Green Bay. And we, we got off the plane. You know, you don't go through a jetway because we're right there on the tarmac. Came off, mm-hmm. came off the And it was warmer mm-hmm. in Green than it was in Atlanta. <laughs> That's crazy. I, don't know what I, was, I, I think that some other guys were thinking it, but I, it was, you know, the, the real issue was how cold was it going to be? It's Green Bay. It's in the wintertime. We're playing a night game. <laughs> But we got off mm-hmm. the plane, and it was warmer and Green Bay than it was in Atlanta. <laughs> so it was about 35 degrees, and there was no wind. Oh. And I said, oh, my goodness, we're about, we about to get these guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, that was an unbelievable game. I still remember it like it was yesterday. Hey, Chris, were you on that uh, Falcons team, too, that uh, – Hosted the St. Louis Rams in the playoffs at the Dome. Uh, absolutely, man. Absolutely, that was the year. Uh, that was War done. Two thousand four. Yeah. And when we played it, we played against the St. Louis Rams, and that was a that was a huge game. I mean, you know, any of you guys, you guys are real Falcons fans. I mean, you guys go back. I mean, you know the Rams. Uh, you know, nineteen ninety eight season really, actually, really the nineteen ninety nine season really changed. You know, just completely changed who the Rams were. I mean, they had some some great teams with with uh, Eric Dickerson and everything uh, back in the day. Okay. Back in the day, but then they had a little you know they had a little spot where they weren't as good. And but after after you know with '99, when that greatest show on turf came mm-hmm. came to be, and, and they they just they just gave us pitch. And I think uh, you know the game that you're talking about playoff game where. Uh, all the frustrations of losing, mm-hmm. all the frustrations of running around trying to catch some jokers uh, on the turf in St. Louis, and, <laughs> and then running around the turf in, 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 uh, in the Georgia Dome, all just came to a head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot yeah. of us having some nice little trick plays, and just really you know, that year been a good year for us. So mm-hmm. we just had we just had way too much form. We had a nice. Uh, the running game that night, they just couldn't stop. Vic started it with the with the, with the first play of the game with a huge run, and then work done just just kept pounding it away too. 
Yeah, so we had a nice little week of rest, and, and really that year we, we just really had too much for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, throughout that year with Mike and Quark and TJ, I you know we led the, led the league in rushing. Well, that D, that was DVD, and that was that Don Vic and Duckett. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was, <laughs> that was too much for a lot of teams, you know, let, you know, let alone just the same those Rams. Nice. Man, how can we not uh, mention Big Play Ray in that in that, that mix? Man, big, Ray Buchanan. Big Play Ray, you know Ray Buchanan. Yeah. You know, we played together a few years with Atlanta, but you know, getting Ray, Big Play Ray, you just don't you don't earn it. you don't earn that. You have to earn that day. I mean, that's not something that you can say and and, and and put it out there. Man, you really have to earn it. I had a guy in Stafford. I'm not going to name his name. You know. Uh, Right. So if he's listening, you know, he listened to this, you will know, know who he is. I'm not gonna name this man. And he was a linebacker that uh that uh was playing on the scout team, playing against one of our you know, playing against our first team and he uh got ran over by an offensive guard that, that would end up playing in uh, in the league for about five years. And after getting ran over, he jumped up and said he was an animal. <laughs> you know, and you know, nicknames are, are, are given. They're, they're you know they're earned. They're not you don't give yourself a nickname. So uh, uh, after that, it was the animal. Oh, he's an animal. Watch out! <laughs> oh my goodness. But uh, I, I say that because you know how many big plays you have to make before you become the big play way. And that means that, that that guy made you know made a bunch of plays, tremendous, moved around, and really was a a force and really pushing it pushing the Falcons towards the Super Bowl and, and get them close to almost and get them close to winning. So, you know, Ray is, you know, Ray is a guy that made a huge mark on the uh, on the Atlanta Falcons. Hey, Chris, I just want to ask you, uh, Jim Mora left here and there was a lot of disappointment in Jim Mora by by not only Arthur Blank, but a lot of the Falcons fans. Were, but what what were your uh, thoughts of, uh, of Jim Mora as a coach and, and how he coached you guys and led you guys? Because it seems like you had a lot of success under Jim Mora. I think when you, when, you, when you see what we were able to do the first year, his first year we went to the went to the uh, championship game, and a lot of people will say that that was kind of Coach Reeves' team, uh, and and that you know, that, that was a, uh, a a big part of big part of us going. But I would say that there was still a lot of management things that he did that that really helped us. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't stay in a hotel the night before the game, and it seems like something that is. Um, it seems very small, you know, and, and again, it's a, it's a different mindset. Coach Reeves, uh, by, you know, playing under, you know, Coach Landry, I mean, one of the greatest coaches ever, uh, believed that you, you stay at home. You know, if you can stay at home, stay in the bed, that you, um, you know, that you slept in all, all week, that could be good for you on a home day. But uh, I, I think if you believe that one person could be distracted by staying at home, then you need to put up, you know, we need to be in a hotel. And I think, you know, that that was a, it, it seems like a small thing, but I think, you know, you know Coach Moore incorporating that uh, was huge, along with just adding a little bit more fire. I mean, it was just a, a little bit more fire, everything that we did. And, I, you know, definitely that the, the first year, you know, I can't speak to exactly what happened, you know, the kind of year that, you know, the next couple of years, but, Really, he brought a, you know, really kind of, you know, you guys know Jim, he, uh, he, he has a very, he, he has a short fuse and a lot of fire. Uh, I mean, anybody that knows you know, or, or seen his dad as a coach uh, from uh, New Orleans Saints or from the uh, Indianapolis Colts knows that 
Uh, he does not get it from his mama. Uh, <laughs> playoffs. Playoffs. Definitely comes, playoffs. Definitely comes from his daddy. And so, so I, I think you'll get. We needed that fire. We needed. We needed the fire that would. It would go across from offense to defense. We needed that nice challenge. Right. Uh, and then we needed, you know, again, his excitement and energy that he brought uh, before right. the games. And so, so I think it, it definitely translated in that my last year in 2004. Again, I can't speak to you know, those next couple of years, but it was really what we what we needed. And, right. you know, we added a few different pieces. It really made sure that we had competition at each one of the spots, right. which is always critical to having a good team. And I, you, know, you hope that that's what the Falcons have right now, is that right. when you have competition, you have guys that are pushing. Mm-hmm. They, they, they see themselves as starters. They want to be starters. Right. And consequently, they push the guys that are starters. Right. And, and then if someone gets hurt, I mean, they're chopping at the bit. They, they're ready to, to, you know, to put their mark on the game. So it's not surprising. Exactly. It, it's, you know, it's something that they've been waiting for, something that they've wanted, and they're ready to go. And so anytime you have that, and that's when we, you know, we had a, a great mix of that. Right. Uh, that eat so great competition and a lot of good fire and drive and leadership that that really helped us get to that championship game, which we had a little bit more. But uh-huh. uh, you know, when you play in those games, it, it, there's there's really no excuses. You either yeah. you either uh, go and win it. Or, yeah. or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it, man. And well, that's interesting. You bring you, you talk about you know having that fire and having a coach that really push you guys and motivate you guys. And it seems like you know a couple years after that, when we brought they brought Smitty in here, um, it, it, it seemed that way a little bit. But then the last few years, you know, they've become more you know a little criticized by not having that becoming you know criticized as being a little more soft. I mean, what was your thoughts on the entire Smitty era and the way he uh, motivated his guys? Man, I, I tell you, uh, he, he's basically the, the the best coach in Falcons history. Okay. You know, so what do you what do you, what do you say about a guy that that led led the Falcons to you know the back to back playoffs, that, that right. led them to the NFC Championship games that were so consistent in winning? Uh, I mean, what do, you, what do you say about that? I mean, it's, it's tremendous. The last two years, right. you know, make it where it's hard to appreciate what he did. But I mean, he took over after Bobby Petrino left in basically in the middle of the night. He did. That's why he was a Baltimore yeah. coach going to Indianapolis. He, <laughs> he came in and, and righted the ship yeah. and, and really established something, you know, a, a real, real tradition with the Falcons. I think if anything, where where people are looking at Coach Smith, they wanted to they want to question. Uh, it would be uh, really the adjustment to the new CBA, where you couldn't have two a days. Right. I think if, if if you look at look at the Falcons in the last couple of years, um, I, I think that's really where potentially some of the issues were. They just didn't seem that strong. Mm-hmm. Right. Just didn't seem as strong. You know, everybody's bodies didn't seem as strong. And, and I was saying just strong, strong, but sometimes you got to go through some two days and take some hits <laughs> so that you can be football strong. Right. All right? You know, like you take a hit, and, and, and you know, the first time you take it, man, that stuff hurts. But then you start taking it, up, all of a sudden, you know, your body gets a little bit more used to it, and it, it, it's not the same. And I, I don't think that 
you know, the, the guys really got to that point. Right. You know, and I, so if, if anything, you know, when I look at it, you know, there's, you know, guys were hurt all over. It's pretty obvious to see why why the team struggled. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, Michael Turner stayed, you know, fairly healthy throughout his career with the Falcons, which was tremendous. Mm-hmm. So that meant that you solid running game, and, and man, he was a bowling ball, man. He, he uh, he, you know, that took a fell folk, and he had <laughs> some like a uh, redwood sequoia for, for legs. So, uh, I mean, he was, he pounded, he, you know, he pounded. So, the, you know, the, the game plan was, you know, run the ball, great ball control, play action pass. You know, and you have a guy like Tony Gonzalez who just yeah. absolutely Hall of Famer that they might put him in the hall before he's even up. I mean, they should have just mm. walked him in and just said, you know, it's all good. That's <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you, you know, you, you're just in. Don't don't worry about it. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll do the we'll, you know we'll, we'll do the, the the ceremony later. Put your hand. I right. hear you. But you you have you know those things kind of work together. You know, you know defense. The guys didn't get hurt as much. Uh, along with a solid, um, you know, a solid run game that really controlled the ball. And I think with these last couple of years, with Jack being hurt and uh, some of the running backs being hurt, uh, the time of possession, I think it's got to be, you know, absolutely staggering in terms of probably a flip-flop, you know, where where we're probably looking at 35 minutes offense and it probably flipped over to maybe about, you know, maybe 28 minutes these last years. Well, you know what? That's huge. Right. so just as a as a small stat, but there's a very big one is if you can look at a defense and defensive team and and then the and the league, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we got the amount of plays, we're looking at about sixty on on, on each side. So mm-hmm. say sixty plays. Well, say you get sixty five, so you have five more plays. Well, five more plays over the course of twelve games mm-hmm. basically ends up like you're playing a whole game. So that type of swing, you'll see those those number of uh, plays and the reps go up as you as that title possession gets off. And so I think it, you know, based on the lack of ability to run the ball consistently because of injuries, mm-hmm. uh, but that really played havoc on the on the defense too because then they are on the field too much. So I think it's it's pretty pretty clear what has to be has to be done and, and you know Seattle I mean they have had a great game plan for us but again I don't think it's much different than what Mike Smith has just you have to execute Definitely. Hey, but before we get into the before we get into the Falcons talk I just wanted to ask Chris uh, two questions uh, hardest running back to bring down and uh, best quarterback you ever faced Tim Tebow uh, best quarterback uh, is, is Peyton Manning. I mean, Peyton Manning was you know tremendous. Uh, I think probably the most impressive thing about Peyton is is that he could convince his wide receivers that it was important for them to do full speed routes before the game. You know, so right. for a quarterback, I mean, you're throwing the ball. I mean, what is that to throw the ball? I mean, that's what you do. Right. But to convince your wide receivers to run a full speed routes before the game. So before warm-ups, the warm-ups before warm-ups. I think that really, you know, speaks to the type of guy he is and it, 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 it and you can see it in the timing that he has and, and just the way he's played. I mean, it's not without work. It's it's not without a, a great relationship with his wide receivers. I mean, the balls aren't just caught because 
the wide receivers are, are great players. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a great work ethic and great timing with their quarterback, and they both believe in each other. Um, now, in, in terms of running back, I mean, definitely uh, Marshall Falk would be, you know, one of the most, you know, one of the most versatile running backs, and just, you know, just gave us fits with the, with the Falcons. But uh, the guy that that really scared, I think, that scared guy, scared people more than anybody else was Barry Sanders. <laughs> and I didn't have a chance to be on the field against him, but mm-hmm. but I, I, I definitely felt. <laughs> felt it when I was with the Chicago Bears, the, the complete dread that, uh, that, that you know everybody had. I mean, he just he made plays when it seemed like it was a tackle for loss. So you never thought you had him until you actually had him, which uh, basically made it where <laughs> at you, you know, he, he's scary. Absolutely. Can. <laughs> hey, was Michael Vick as fast on the field as he was looking for us watching him on TV? Oh man, you know Mike is uh, Mike's such, such a tremendous athlete. I mean, again, if you ask how fast he is, I think you know a couple of years ago he ran against uh, Shady up there in Philadelphia. Yeah, I heard about you that. Know, they ran a forty against each other. And he beat him. I mean, oh. you know, he beat him. And it just tells me that's how fast Mike is. And, you know, the other point is, like, I have to give examples because it just say he's fast. I mean, fast. You know, what is fast? Well, fast is playing against the Minnesota Vikings and running through, you know, two sets of guys. Because oh, yeah, they miss how fast he is. Mm-hmm. I remember that. But he part was, of it is, yeah. is that he, he, he's so fast but he still has another gear even in being the facts. <laughs> so <laughs> ran through two guys, ran through another two guys. I think anybody who's a Packers fan, that is one of their favorite plays ever. It was, it, it was a play for myself. I mean, it, it was like, oh my goodness, did he just do that? This game is over. <laughs> what? Yeah, he was the Somebody man. Maybe the, the most surprised in a very positive way of any game I, I've been a part of when he did that. Well, let's get into some of this draft talk. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into a little draft talk. Um, I mean, we had a draft, man, and, you know, I'm excited to have that big beast, uh, Beasley, in the house from Clemson, you know, from my neck of the woods. I'm close uh, from that area, and uh, I'm really excited because we all know that we really needed to improve on our pass rush, and I think this is the right guy to fits in to the Falcon scheme. I mean, just, you know, from how he is off the field as well as on the field. He's quick, he's fast, he's, he's a huge guy, but he also, you know, follows along with the game plan of the team. He's not trying to do anything outside of the team that's going to mess up the team. So I'm really excited about that. What do you guys think about Vic? Uh, well, I, I, think, uh, I think it's right on. I mean, I think everybody... You know, I think all the analysts, uh, all the Mel Kuypers, they lost. All, all of them pretty much had big, uh, big coming to the Falcons. I oh, think yeah. uh, when, when you look at the talent that he is, it's, it, uh, it, you know, it's, it's hard to pass up. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think you have a game, a game changer, yeah. you know, that's what they're looking for. When you have a, a game changer that can uh, really kind of demand a, a couple of blocks and, and and at the same time, the man those couple of blocks and still make you look over there, then you, then you got somebody. Oh, yeah. And I think, uh, 
you know, that, that's what, you know, you need those types of guys, you know, those type of guys on defense. You also have a guy that's from, you know, they want to punch that maybe he's, you know, a guy that, you know, is a southern, a southern guy that, that can be excited about playing for the Falcons. Because I think that's, that's one of the things that we need to amp up a little bit right now is just really the, just the, the exciting part of being able to play in the Dome and being able to play in the South. And it's yeah. a special, yeah. it's a special place to play. I mean, uh, I think sometimes, you know, it, it's not talked about enough. Yeah. I mean, to walk, in, to walk into that stadium and, you know, other, other people, uh, you know, when they play music, they play music in their stadium. Right. You know, the artists aren't just right in the stadium. <laughs> you know, somebody else plays T.I. Yeah. You know, somebody else plays something from Jermaine Dupree. Somebody else plays something from, you know, Usher. Somebody else plays that. Man, these guys are here. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's special, man. And, you know, and so I, I think, you know, he's a guy that can really appreciate that, really love and fire and, and really roll with it. You know? So, Chris, let me ask you, uh, you know, with a, a young guy, like you said, coming to a city like Atlanta, you think the baby keep his, uh, you know, his focus as far as his career? You know, you get into the big city, you want to see what the city life is about. So what do you think about him in the big city? But I think one of the things is I, as I go to the, you know, the rookie symposium and been there for, for, for quite a bit of years, I think what's, what's lost at times is that there's a whole lot of space in between sitting at home and twiddling your thumb versus going out and acting crazy. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with going out and having a good time. Yeah. You know, why not? Why not enjoy it? Why not spend some time with your fans? See, right. You know, what's, what's better than a guy that, that uh, you know, that, that's hanging out at a restaurant and decides that it's, you know, hey, I'm here, but let, let me wrap with some of my people. Right. Yeah. What's what's wrong with Jameis Winston hanging out at Publix? <laughs> you know, he wasn't really hanging out there, but you know, I, 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 but I'm just saying that those those are things that if they're done the right way, yeah, uh, those are those are moments where that people remember for the rest of their lives. It's not that they just watch somebody, but that they they hung out with that guy, and then something amazing happened on the field that week. And they say, man, I was just hanging out with. So there's a lot of space in between just going crazy. And, uh, uh, you know, they're just here. So he he can have a great time in Atlanta. He can can soak up the amazing culture, the amazing history, the amazing people. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to <laughs> Exactly. And that kind of reminds me of last season of uh, we saw the Falcons on Hard Knocks with uh, uh, Coach uh, uh, Brian Cox uh, talking to Rashid Higman, who kind of seemed like he had a little uh, something going on attitude wise. And he was like, you know, don't let these streets of Atlanta get you because it will get you. Yeah, I mean, but the, the streets can get you anywhere. Yeah. They, they really can. And I think the, the key is reminding yourself of what you came there for. Right. I mean, there's, there's, it's just, there's, there's a lot of space. There's a lot of space between, you know, between, you know, again, sitting at home and just going off the deep end in terms of what you're doing. And, and there's no need to. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's no need to. Because at the end of the day, your dream when you were growing up was not to ruin your career. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, what ball player says, man, I wish I could get drafted, go to the highest level and just throw it away. <laughs> man, I wish I could go and, and, and go to the highest level and, and, and drink and drink too much, get DUI. 
I think Johnny, I think Johnny Manziel said that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, but I'll tell you, I don't think that he said it. You know, he's Marcus Russell. Say it. It, it, it might happen. Right. It might happen. Right. But right. when they're growing up, that is not what they were thinking. Right. All right. right. And so what right. you have to do is you have to be true to what you know, true to yourself. You know, the Johnny Manziel when he was growing up, did he say, you know what, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a guy that that has a, a lot of potential and throw it away. I'm gonna be a guy that that you know that you want to trust but you can't trust. Right. You know, he's not he's not going to say that. Right. And so it reminded them of really. You know what? What you want? Right. Uh, all these guys want to be able to play their best. They they want to make sure they have no regrets. They they want to make sure that they give themselves a chance to play as long as possible. They want to, you know, make their money and make sure that they can, you know, they, they can keep on living afterwards. I mean, those are the things that they want. You know, you just you don't want to get sidetracked. Well, Chris, I mean, that's interesting you bring that up. And this is always a question with me, especially, you know, from someone like you who, who's been in the uh, NFL for a long time. We hear all the stories about guys who've been in the career I mean, in the NFL, made so much money. But then next thing you know, they're broke. And, and you know, and it, we know it comes from all kind of areas, from the people that are close to you to just, you know, I don't know where an agent or management or whatever. But how do you think these young guys are really? You think they're listening to the stories of the guys that this has happened to, and you think they're really paying attention to that? What's up, everybody? Thanks uh, for listening to part one of our great interview with Chris Draft. We're going to have part two coming up very soon, and we're going to get more into draft talk and uh, see what else is going on with Chris in, uh, since uh, his time with the Falcons. So it should be interesting and some very good uh, information coming up, so you don't want to miss it. All right, see you guys real soon. Be sure to check back in. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.